Hi everyone, and welcome to the May edition of the DistilleryTours.Scot podcast, giving you that wee bit of extra insight from Scotland's whisky distilleries. In this episode, Nikki Simpson speaks to Kalila Distillery Manager Sam Hale, along with Diageo archivist and historian Joe McKercher. Sam and Joe discuss what makes the Kalila Distillery so special, from its unique and stunning setting to its role at the heart of the community that surrounds it. They also allude to the rich history of Isla and its enduring relationship with whisky, Kalila's 175th anniversary being a real cause for celebration this year. The celebrations don't stop there though. With Fesh on the horizon, both Sam and Joe are looking forward to enjoying good food, music, cocktails and drams at the Islands Festival later this month. And later in the year, the distillery's brand new visitor centre will open its doors to the public. It looks like 2022 is shaping up nicely for this hidden jewel. If you'd like to know more about the Kalila Distillery and its whiskies, visit their dedicated page on the distillerytours.scot website. Start your whisky journey with Caledonian McBrain, proud sponsors of distillery and whisky news podcasts. Visit calmac.co.uk for further information. Today I'm here with Joe McCarcher, Malt's Archivist for Diageo, and Sam Hale, Distillery Manager at Kalila. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yep, doing really good, thank you. Good, uh, thanks very much for coming to speak to us today. So, first of all, Sam then, tell us a bit about Kalila and its location. For first-time visitors, where is it and what's it like? So, I, I like to think of Kalila as one of the hidden jewels on Isla. And it's located on the, the northeast coast and it's you look out over to, to Jura, where a predominant feature of the, the, the paps of Jura from, from the from the site. It's kinda tucked away in a wee bay, sitting almost at sea level, so if without the signs you wouldn't actually you wouldn't know it's here. And the name Kalila it means the sound of Isla in, in Gaelic and that refers to the, the stretch of water that sits between Isla and Jura. I love living here. It's it's really calm, uh, peaceful, and the views that you get, regardless of the the weather, whether it's raining, snowing, blue skies, uh, the 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 spectacular, and in particular the sunrises and sunsets. It is one of the the biggest distilleries on the island, and it has a real industrious look and feel about it. However, I definitely say it's up there in terms of being located in one of the most picturesque locations. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. It looks absolutely stunning. I'm surprised I get any work done with with the views from my office, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. You just spend your whole time just staring out the window. So I hear you've been a distillery manager for about 18 months now, but you've been living and working on Isla for a few years. What's life on the island been like, particularly during such a strange and difficult time with the pandemic? I've lived here for, for over four years now. Um, I originally came over to work at the at the maltings in Port Ellen. Um, quite scary how time's passed. And I'll always remember when I was when my, my boss on the mainland asked me and I immediately said yes. He was he he recommended I take some time but no I was I was up for it. Didn't really know what I was getting myself in into. It was gonna be a, a life change, but quite happy I went for it. Where were you before? I was at Rosile Maltings just outside Elgin. So I've moved about quite a bit with the job and I, I never really put too much thought into it. If there's an opportunity, I'm quite happy to just kind of jump in head first and then work out if it's going to work. Yeah, I think 
uh, that's the joy of distilleries, how you can move about a bit and there's so many transferable skills. But I would say that I would imagine if I suggested to my husband that we move to Isla, he might have a bit of trepidation there. Um, what's it What's it like being, you know, in, in such a kind of remote place? It has its pros and cons. I'm, I'm outdoorsy. They they refer to the, the Isla time over here and you do have your challenges with, with getting things on the island. We're limited to the shops that we have. So we've got a couple of co-ops. So you have to go in generally with a couple of options for dinner because you can't normally get your first choice. But for me, it's it was a new experience. Like the, the heritage of this place, the whiskey and the people. I mean, I lived originally in Glasgow and I hadn't really heard about Isla. Um, didn't really know the the whisky history that was associated with it, so it was it was great to come here and get immersed in that. And I suppose with it being an island, you still have that kind of small community feeling. So by no means do I know a lot of people on the island, but it, I I still get that feeling that just just being involved and people know you, especially from the the distilling side of things and coming up to festival and how how much of a kind of experience it is for people to come here so lots of lots and lots of pros i think the hardest thing for me in particular during during the lockdown was just not being able to go see friends and family a lot of my friends and family are based on the mainland so now that we're coming out of covid you still have the the traveling whether it be ferry or or on the planes yeah it's not exactly just a jump in the car thing is it joe the distillery has just celebrated a real landmark with its 175th anniversary. Um, tell us a bit about Kalila's history. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it's actually really lovely to be talking about Kalila because, as Sam mentioned, it's been a bit of a hidden gem for, for a wee while. So the 175th anniversary has given us an amazing opportunity to shine a light on Kalila, and it's such a special place. So as you said, it's 175 years old. It was built in 1846 by Hector Henderson. And... Even from the get-go, its location has always been one of the key things that separates Kalila from everywhere else. I mean, if you've if you've been or if you've seen photographs, you do have to wonder whatever possessed them to build a distillery where they did, because <laughs> it's so inaccessible in so many different ways. Um, and it's just sort of cut into the rock, almost. But, you know, it was chosen because of the water, really. So you've got great water source coming down to the distillery, and also you're that close to the sea that you can get things in and out, which was great for Kalila when they eventually built the pier. Yeah, I guess back in those days, I don't know, did we have trains back in 1846? Was there, I mean, would most things come by water anyway? So anything on the coast would seem accessible in comparison to anything inland. I mean, certainly no no train connection. So horse and carts or yes, by boat. So the pier was actually built in 1879. So not there right from the get-go but you know fairly soon after and it really was a lifeline for the distillery not just actually the distillery but the workers themselves and also the island because it was the piers both at Kalila and all around the distilleries that would have connected the mainland to Kalila you know Sam's talked already about how it can be quite difficult to get the connections if you're living on Isla that was no different historically either and they would have run puffer boats between the mainland and Kalila most famously the one that we talk a lot about is named the Peabrook and this would have brought dry goods coal empty casks into Kalila and then the distillery workers would have unloaded and then loaded those boats back up with casks full of whiskey 
so really quite important to to the people of Kalila and the business as well. And if you do look at a few of our Kalila bottles, you might spot a little boat on the label there. So that's that's why you've got it there. But it was a huge connection, not just for the whiskey, but even just for the people that were living and working there. You know, you hear quite a lot of stories, and Sam will know these as well, from talking to people that have worked at Kalila for a long time or lived on the island. But the, the ferries did, the Peabrock did more than just transport whiskey and goods. You know, the guys on the Peabrock would also cut the distillery workers' hair when they were on, you know, when they were on shore and they were visiting. They would bring things over. I can remember a story where somebody needed a piano for a wedding and so they brought it over on the Peabrock so that they could use it for their wedding. So, yeah, just some really lovely people stories there that connect it. It's really special to have that for, for Kalila and we do like to talk about it because it is more than just a little puffer boat, you know? Uh, I saw a picture ages ago of a distillery. I can't remember if it was Kalila. It was definitely one on Isla. And they were saying that they used to float the casks out to the boats before they had the pier. Is that Did that happen before they built the pier in 1879? I certainly remember stories of that at Lagavulin because the bay at Lagavulin is quite difficult to navigate because it's quite rocky. So they used to float some of the casks out. I'm sure they lost a few on the way as well. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, not the easiest job. Whether that happens at Kalila as well or not, I'm not sure. Um, But the thing about the pier that was quite notable at Kalila is that it was built so that they could use it during all tides. So it wasn't as if there had to be a high tide or a low tide. It was accessible throughout all tides there. So it was quite productive and quite innovative for the the time, really. But that, that wasn't the only thing. I mean... I think the distillery did have its various expansions over the years and, you know, we know that like by the 1930s, everything at Kalila was driven by water turbines, which I think is actually quite an interesting thing to remember because sustainability is something that is so key to whatever we are doing today at any of our distilleries. It wasn't a new thing for us and we have always tried to look for clever and inventive ways to run our distilleries um, better and more efficiently and using what's around us to do that. And the other thing that I think is quite notable about Kalila is it very much sat at the heart of this small town that sprung up around it because of the distillery workers. You know, they had to build accommodations for the distillery workers to stay in because it was so difficult to get to Kalila. And then the distillery really became like the heart of what was going on in that little part of Isla. I mean, to the point where, and I've never heard of this in any of our other distilleries, there was actually a mission hall at Kalila Distillery where they would run church services every Sunday throughout the summer. And then what I love is that it would change to every third Sunday during the winter. So obviously it wasn't <laughs> quite as easy to get there. But I just think it's such a lovely little anecdote to talk about and just how important Kalila Distillery itself was to the people that were that were working there, but also that were living around about it too. You know, it really was a little heart of that little part of Isla, which I think is really nice. That's always the feeling I get when anybody talks about Isla, is just that, that sense of community. You were saying, Sam, that you don't know everybody on the island, but I mean, you've not been there too long, so I imagine that's coming, huh? Just that kind of sense of bumping into people all the time. Yeah, it's surprising as well. When you go to Glasgow, how many people from Isla you you, you manage to bump into. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love that. It extends back to the mainland. Everyone doing their shopping, I'm sure, because... <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that sometimes um, Kalila's overlooked or underrated, as it's not maybe the most well-known on the island? So I think 
over the past few years, there's definitely been a, a focus on Kalila. I think Diageo is now, because of the ties to the, the Johnny Walker blend and the, the work that we're doing with the brand home here, um, but you've always had the, the hardcore fans of Kalila that, that know the whiskey that, that come every year. So I think it's, it's not, I don't think it's been overlooked or underrated. It's just that awareness of the actual the the whiskey in the place. It's now it's now starting to to spread. So we are seeing seeing more people here. We've got a really brilliant core range that just demonstrates the 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 whiskey to a T. To be honest, what do you think, Joe? As 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 a an archivist, I mean, do you see you know in comparison to other distilleries at Diageo, do you see that Khalil is coming out now a wee bit? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it is. It's it's really starting to come into its own now, and I think that has been helped by various things that are going on. As Sam mentioned, there's the fact that it is going to be one of our four corners for Johnny Walker, um, and I'm sure we'll come on to talk about the difference that that's making at Kalila. But also things like you know the 175th anniversary gives us a great reason to to explore and to talk about Kalila again. I suppose just in a more open forum, but it's. Yeah, it's a funny one because I think, as Sam says, it's always been such a crucial malt for us and, and so key to, to so many different blends, but also as a, as a malt on its own. I think for us, it's just nice when there are so many malts in our portfolio to have a reason to go back and explore why Kalila is so special and to share that with the world. Because for those who know that about Kalila, it's always held in, in really high esteem and as Sam said you know there's those diehard fans that just love everything about it and I think now what we've been able to do is just bring that to a wider audience and of course Fesh as well will give us a great reason to do that again now that it's happening after two years of nothing so I'm sure we're all super excited for that too. We are very excited about that. So Sam tell us a bit about the whiskey then, tell us about the unique aspects of Kalila. So I suppose the, the, the fascinating thing for me is that all Scotch whisky. There's there's key ingredients, three key key ingredients: malt, water, and yeast. However, regardless of that, we don't at the end at the end of the distillation process, we're all producing something that looks the same, but it definitely doesn't smell or, or, or taste the same. And I suppose that that starts at the distillery. That it starts with how we process it, what pieces of equipment and plant that we we use on site. Now, if I have to compare. Um, Kalila with Lagavulin, for example, who again use the same ingredients. We get the same peated malt from Port Ellen, and in terms of the the concentration of that malt, we're, we're very similar. We are about thirty eight parts per million, with Lagavulin being thirty six. But the key differences for us. So if I pull out a couple of things, so when we start the process with our mash, we do a Baxter every mash. What's a Baxter? Basically, it's you you put the the louter arm in reverse, and all it does is it disturbs the bed within the mash tun, and that pulls through some some nutty and, and cereal notes. Our our fermentations are are quite a bit longer than the ones at Lagavulin, which then allow the development of kind of fruitier citrus notes, and our still our stills are quite a bit bigger. Pierrick, the previous manager always referred to them as the the gentle giants and that that just increases the amount of of reflux uh, the copper contact with the the spirit which gives us a lighter spirit 
and all all of these wee things just contribute to the the distillery character which we get in the new making it's it's why every every whiskey is is different i've never heard of that before with the putting the what did you call it the as part of the mash the baxter what did you say the the arm it's just the the louter arm um so it's just it's basically yeah it's just it's basically an arm with rakes in it that keep the the mash suspended when it's filled with water but it's it's simple small things like that that just influence the the final final spirit so so much it's fascinating I agree, and and do you find that yourself then? I mean, when you if you have a a glass of Lagavulin alongside a glass of Kalila, do you think that they're similar? I mean, they're both peated whiskies, obviously, but I mean, do you do you feel the similarities? Can you taste the similarities, or are you just kind of going, no, these are such different whiskies? So it's 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 definitely clear when you're drinking a Lagavulin versus a a Kalila. So when we move from from spirits to faints, and um, we do it sooner so that we don't get as much of the the heavier alcohols come through, whereas Lagavulin they leave it a bit longer, so you, they get the more heavier alcohols, and and that also influences the mouthfeel. So Lagavulin is a very, I like to think of it as almost a, a heavy dram sitting around the fire, warming, uh, whereas Kalila is quite quite light and and just fruity. Joe, you mentioned fish earlier on. Um, that's very exciting. It's going to be on Monday the 30th of May, is that correct? Or from the Monday the 30th? Yes, Kalila Day is uh, Monday the 30th. So very excited for that. But what are your plans for the big day? Well, I'm just playing a little cameo role in the Kalila Day. So Sam's probably the one to, to ask about that. He's much closer to, to that than me. But we're both quite excited because it's our, well, it's my first fish. So um, I'm really looking forward to getting over and experiencing it. But I'll let Sam talk about what's happening at Kalila because he knows it in much more detail than me. Okay. Um, <laughs> not going to say uh, too much. Don't want to uh, spoil the excitement for everyone. But I suppose that the biggest thing, and, and Joe, you mentioned it, Joe's first face, it's my first uh, in-person face as the, the Kalila distillery manager. The, the old, I suppose the the thing that's disappointing this year is that we can't welcome people back to site but we've got a lot of construction going on here so we are going to be off site down at Isla House. I am just looking forward to to having people back in front of me hearing what they've been up to sharing sharing the whiskey. As for what's going to be what's going to be going on we'll have food, music, got some great experiences, uh, cocktail classes and of course uh, lovely drams with all. And I'm hoping that we. I've always found that the Kalila day is is quite a a chilled day. It's just got a really nice, um, chilled, relaxed atmosphere. And so I hope that even though we're not on site, that we can still kind of imbue that, and people just come and and have a have a good time. Lovely. And Joe, what are you looking forward to as your as your first as well? So for me, I think it's just finally getting to experience fish in its its true form. You know, so. Like Sam, I've done a couple of the virtual ones over the last couple of years, but this will be the first time I've ever managed to get onto Isla for Fish. And I think for me, I always get so much out of meeting people and listening to their stories and hearing about why they love, whether it's Kalila or Isla or a particular dram and and why they connect to it. I think for me, that's always so important to to know and to remind yourself of and everyone's different experiences especially in the role that I do where so much of it is 
you know, telling people's stories and making sure that they, they live on long after uh, we, we do ourselves. So that for me is the thing that I think I'm, I'm most looking forward to. And actually just getting back to seeing people in, in person again and, and having a, a dram with folk, raising a glass together. I think that is something that I have personally massively missed over the last two years. So I can't wait to finally do that again. Yeah, I think especially when you're working in whiskey, it's it's sometimes easy to forget that, you know, a lot of people just drink whiskey just for the fun and for the taste and for the community and for the conversation. So to actually bring it all back to those basics, it's just, I think it's lovely. I can't wait either. It's going to be wonderful. Sam, I know the whiskey fans will be eager to know more about the special Kalila bottling that's planned for Fish. Can you tell us a bit about that? So I, I can't, again, I can't give away too much detail because that, that will be released on the, on the on the day. What I will say is, um, so last year du- during the, the virtual session that we had, I did allude to there being something different in the pipeline for Kalila, which is what we, ha- what we have this year. So I'm just, as much as I'm excited to, to get in front of people, I'm just hoping that they, they love it as much as I do. I'm sure you've got great taste, Sam, so um, don't worry about that. I don't think everybody will love it. So, yeah, you were saying it's a busy time. You've got uh, Face, you've got the 175th anniversary, and you've got these building works going on at the distillery. Can you tell us what's going on with that? What changes we can expect at the distillery? So, very busy couple of years for Kalila. So, we've restarted the, the Brand Home Project, uh, which Joe mentioned sees Kalila as the, the fourth and final corner. Uh, linking to the the Johnny Walker Princess Street, and this is part of the the 185 million investment in Scotch whisky tourism. So it's it's a very busy place down here. We've got the crane in today, building the bridge that will connect the the new car park to the the entrance as you walk into the shop and the the bar. And so if if anyone has had the opportunity to visit to visit like the Glen Kinchy, uh, Clanleash, or or Cardew, that that will give them a feel for for what to what to expect here it's going to be it's going to put uh, Kalila definitely on the map in terms of kind of the that visitor experience the windows from the from the the booths look out over to the the park so you get the same view that you, that I get from my my office and again it's just going to be it's going to be great to to be able to invite people back down and just just see and have the buzz around site i think it's such a huge transformation and it's it's an amazing one for us because it's giving us a, a great excuse, I suppose, to look back at what makes Kalila so special and to tell those stories in a really immersive way as well. So in terms of visitor experience, it is like absolutely night and day compared to what it was before. And I really do think people will be blown away by it. And it's the biggest change that's happened at the distillery since the 1970s. So you know sam can't downplay enough how much this has been a massive massive uh, job for them at the distillery for the last couple of years with the building work that's been going on and i cannot wait to see it in person actually it's going to be good what's that been like sam um you know dealing with the building work at the same time as trying to do your day-to-day job so quite luckily for me we've had we've handed it over to uh, uh another contractor so um, I haven't really had that much involvement in it, apart from just kind of popping in every now just to get a, a wee nosy to see how it's coming along. Is it quite separate though? I mean, is it is it a kind of, you know, the visitor centre and the actual distillery sides? Are they do they connect in any way? Are you or is it kind of quite separate? Are you are you having to clamber over hard hats and stuff? It 
has been quite separate at the moment. There's there's little interactions, especially because we've got the the big things going on just now, like the the crane and the the bridge installation. But yeah, when when it opens, I'm hoping to definitely be more involved. But for the time being, I can just I can just sit back and and watch it unfold. I think you're going to be very busy when it opens, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to be able to sit back and hide. When does it open? What's the what's the planned date, or is it is that kind of um, changing all the time? So we're we're hoping kind of the tail end of this year, all going well. So then finally, it's an opportunity for you both to tell us a bit about your particular own desert island dram. If you could pick any whiskey in any moment, the time, the place, the company, who, what, what would you choose and why? For me. Uh, and I, I rave about the the Kalila eighteen year old. It's it, it is my favourite dram, and I'm not saying that just because I'm biased. So if I had to pick the dram, it would be the eighteen year old. Who would I be sharing that with, and where? So my partner Ruth uh, and I have converted the camper van. So for for me, it would be the two of us somewhere new under the stars with a with a, a wee campfire. And and why would I choose that? I suppose. When when we're out in the van and you you're just sitting somewhere new, looking at the the hills around you or the views around you, it's just life seems just so simple. You just kind of forget about everything and just enjoy good company and, and good whiskey, of course. You're talking to a fellow van owner here, um, Sam. So I absolutely feel what you're saying. There's nothing like just going off and finding a beach or something somewhere, and then yeah, just switching off, yeah. Love it. And Joe, what about you? Oh, that's a really hard act to follow, Sam. So for me, as much as I love Kalila, and I do love it, especially in a cocktail, that would be my preferred way of drinking Kalila, I have to say. If it was to be a dram on its own, going to be controversial and say it's a Mortlich 16, sorry. <laughs> no, we're on a Kalila podcast. But yeah, that's my favourite dram is, is a Mortlich 16. And it has to be enjoyed with my family. So I have my husband and, and two children who are quite young. They're not thinking, obviously. <laughs> um, us all together, somewhere up the west coast of Scotland, we love kayaking and paddleboarding. So somewhere at the side of a loch with the, the campfire going and something cooking on the barbecue and us all just enjoying that time together with a dram that would be mine thank you thank you both so much for your time and for coming to chat to me today it's been really lovely speaking to you so excited for Fage so excited for the the reopening of the visitor centre so please do keep in touch and let us know how you get on and, and when that's happening yeah definitely thank you thank you very much if you enjoyed hearing from Sam and Joanne and would like to know more about the Kalila Distillery and its whiskies, visit their dedicated page on the distillerytours.scot website the distillery remains closed for construction works, but will reopen soon with a brand new visitor centre. In the meantime, Fesh, the Isla Festival, is back for 2022, and Kalila Distillery has a range of experiences and special tastings to celebrate, all held at the courtyard by Isla House Square. Visit malts.com today to book your place. Distillerytours.scot has every whisky distillery visitor centre in one place, if you'd like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or sign up for our Distillery and Whiskey News monthly email to hear the podcast first at distillerytours.scot forward slash sign up. 
We'll be back speaking to another distillery next month. We look forward to seeing you then.